Yeah, it says it's streaming live on Facebook. Okay. All right. Oh, where's my mouse? Here we go. Okay, everybody. Welcome. It's 103. I know I usually hit one o'clock on the nose, everyone, but today I was, you know, technologically challenged. But it is one o'clock. It is Wednesday. And this is Chat with Chap. And you can see I'm not alone today. I am Ginger Wade, and I am here with three evaluators who are going to share some amazing information with you. So let's introduce everybody. Let's start with Courtney. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Courtney Dunlap. I am um, a mom to seven. I've been homeschooling for about 26 years and evaluating for about the same as well. Okay, fabulous. And Amy. Hi, I'm Amy Little. I live in Lancaster and I have five kids at home. I homeschool four of them currently. And this is my third year doing evaluations. Fabulous. And Barb. Hi, I'm Barb Vitamin. I actually live in the Pittsburgh area. Um, I homeschooled my two sons all the way through. One is a junior in college right now and the other one's working on a PhD in computer science. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get started, I have some really fun stuff to mention. We have so much to talk about today. So I hope you blocked out a lot of time because, well, um, but anyway, we are in the process of working on getting a used curriculum sale together, probably in the Lancaster area. So if anyone out there is interested in helping with that and being a volunteer, please message us here either uh, through Facebook or on chaponline.com contact form. So, and then the other thing we're going to do, and this is backwards. I always have my thing backwards. It's, it's a free schoolhouseteachers.com ultimate membership for the year. And you have access to hundreds of courses, streaming videos, and eBooks, online interactive content, downloadable lessons, and much more. This we're having a little giveaway today, and this is your prize. So if you're listening, the way you win is if you can be the first person, according to what I see on my feed, because I know sometimes it, it jockeys and doesn't come in uh, the same as the way you see it, but the way I see it on the chat feed, the first person to answer with the deadline for handing in your evaluation to the school district, that is the informational question of the day. So the first person to answer that correctly We'll get this ultimate membership and then I will connect with you to get that information to you so you can sign up for that. So schoolhouse giveaway for the day. What is the deadline for handing in your evaluation for the school year? Go. Okay, so evaluators. There have been many questions all over Facebook land on evaluators and evaluations and what on earth. And there's so many more homeschoolers out there this year. So we are sharing some information today about evaluators. So before I jump into some questions for our evaluators, I just wanted to mention to all of you out there, an evaluator is either a PA certified teacher. You can correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, um, a licensed clinical psychologist or someone you can you choose, you can write a letter to the superintendent to be your evaluator. Say like, it could be me. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a psychologist, but I have homeschooled kids for a bunch of years. So I would um, technically have graded for two years at each grade level. So I could be an evaluator if I chose to. <laughs> so um, 
the PA certified teacher, it could be public, could be private. And um, you actually do not have to have an up-to-date certificate according to, is it act, what's the act? 34, 42? 48. 48, I knew it was something like that. <laughs> so yeah, your certificate does not need to be um, current. So that's great news. Did I get that right, ladies? Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. So we are going to jump into a bunch of questions we have. And if any other questions come up, we are going to have a part two episode of this next week to talk about some frequently asked questions. So right now we're just going to talk to you pretty much about how an evaluation flows, what it looks like, what's the evaluator's job. And then next week we'll talk about some frequently asked questions. So if some questions come up, please comment below or get over to chaponline.com and um, share your question on our contact form. Okay, so let's get started. Our first question today is what is the role of an evaluator? Like, why do we have an evaluator? So which of you ladies would like to tackle that first? <laughs> Don't all start, jump at once. Okay, Barb. Tell us what the purpose is of an evaluator. Why do we have evaluators? So um, basically you're supposed to have a value, an evaluator because the law requires it. And the evaluator is just there to make sure that you complied with the law. So um, we're just kind of, in my case, I'm just checking things off um, that I interview the child because that's part of what's required in the law. Um, I review the portfolio samples and the log, um, which is the list of reading materials used made contemporaneously with instruction, um, that you did your days, you're supposed to do 180 days. So I just usually will ask. And most of the time people aren't quite done yet because you don't have to have completed your 180 days before you have your evaluation. Um, and somebody asked about that on one of the Facebook groups and, and I responded that, Part of the reason for that is if we waited till everybody was done with their 180 days, there's no way we <laughs> could get all the evaluations done. Yeah. So um, standardized tests for grades three, five, and eight um, are required. And the evaluator is the only person that's going to see those test results besides the parents themselves. So, um, so we need to attest that we've seen those and, um, and that the student is instructed in the required subjects and has demonstrated sustained progress in the overall program. And so most of that is like just directly wording that comes from the law. So that's what we're yeah. So I think it's important to realize out there mamas, and we may talk about this more later, that um, our job isn't to make sure your child is progressing at a certain rate or has a certain grade or has a certain ability or has, they're not grading for you. They're just making sure you're complying with the law, which is different. Anything else, uh, Courtney or Amy, that you would want to share? Yeah, I mean, I just tell moms or families, I'm not evaluating your homeschool. I'm not evaluating you as a teacher or your child as a learner. Like that's your responsibility as the, as the parent, the homeschool parent is to be educating your kids. Mm -hmm. That's on you. I'm just checking to see that all the things are checked off that the law requires. So. We're not parents at ease. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not passing the children on to the next grade level. That's not mm -hmm. our decision to make. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'll have parents ask me, um, how are my kids doing? And I say to the parent, how do you feel as though your children are doing? Mm -hmm. It's not up to me to make that determination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's important things to be aware of what the role of the evaluator is there. Okay. So our next question is, what do you want someone to bring along to an evaluation? Go ahead, Courtney, when you tackle that one. <laughs> so I like to, so I need to see a portfolio. And mm. in that portfolio, I need to see samples of each subject required by law. I need to see progress. So I need to see something from the beginning, middle, and end of the school year. By law in that portfolio needs to be the log, which is the list of books read. Um, I don't care how that comes to me. I don't care how that portfolio looks. It can be a three ring binder. Um, it can be a box with papers in it. It can be a clothes <laughs> basket. It can be anything. Um, that's just what I need to see. Um, some kids will bring projects and that's fine. Art projects, um, pictures, um, I just need to see progress in each subject required by law. So the handy thing is, since we don't have to give our portfolios into the school district anymore, you don't necessarily need to make a three ring binder. Right. Yes. So that's handy. Uh, anything else anyone wants to add to that? Um, well, for me personally, I don't really want to see a laundry basket. So <laughs> I would really prefer to just see a few samples from each subject. And, and as Courtney was saying, like from the beginning, middle, end of the year. Um, so yeah, I, I, would, I would really like it if it were just kind of a stack of papers that you could staple together even. But I do have some people that do like these beautiful memory books and I'm okay with that. We used to say, don't do that because you're setting a precedence because they had to be turned into the district. Mm -hmm. but now that they don't have to be turned in, I say, you know, whatever you want to keep to help you remember this year, that's all right. You can show it to me as long as it shows sustained progress. That's all I need. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one of the really important things to remember to bring is your children, right? <laughs> we talked about that Make sure your children come along. <laughs> Anything else, Amy, you might want to throw in there? Or? I had a parent show up to an evaluation a couple of weeks ago with a six ring binder, like a six inch binder. Oh, stuff. And I said, please don't do this again for each of our kids. I was like, please don't oh. do this again. It's too much. I don't have time to do that for each child. Like it's too much and it's not necessary. So if you want to have a six ring binder or a six inch binder with for each kid to keep for the years, that's fine, but pull out a sampling for me because <laughs> you don't need all that for me to for me to do one of my job. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's something to keep in mind because it's it's hard. We do a lot of work throughout the year, and it seems like, you know, my kids do a lot of math drill into the trash can. My my six year old yesterday was like, "Mom, why are all these math papers in the trash can?" Because you <laughs> keep them, you did them. Okay. All right, what do you expect from homeschool families with their academic progress? So that's interesting when the evaluator's role is to make sure you're complying with the law. There is that one part in the end that Barb had read to us. Um, so how does this play in there? Uh, Amy, do you wanna tackle that first or? Yeah, so I get this question a lot from people. Um, 
And I just tell them like, if you, if, if the beginning of the year, they're doing simple addition and math. And by the end of the year, they're introducing um, multiplication that to me shows progress. They're progressing through the skills um, for each subject. Um, same thing for writing. If I'm looking at a write, writing sample from the beginning of the year and it shows, you know, just a couple simple um, uh, sentences. And then by the end of the year, they're doing three paragraphs. Like that's showing progress through the, through that subject. So that's kind of what I'm looking for is just like, a progression of skills or difficulty, um, to me, that shows progress. So it's kind of a judgment call, I guess, based on what they show us, because <laughs> like the parents are choosing the samples. So we're just kind of going from that to show progress, but that can also be, you know, progress. I feel like is any new learning that has happened that year is progress. So whether it's a list of activities that they've done together as a family, sorry, my kids are in here now. Um, whether it's a list of activities the kids have done together or field trips that they've done or um, you know, a paragraph written by a parent that shows um, what they've covered in a particular subject, that also can be proof of, of progress made. So um, there's a lot of different ways to show progress. Okay, anybody else wanna to add to that? I just wanted to mention that like it looks different for every family and I, I think Amy has hit on that for sure but you know I don't it's not like I expect um, every second grader to do a certain amount uh, in you know cover a certain amount during the year or something like that that's that's not what evaluators do we're just looking for progress so one second grader's progress may look very different than that of another second grader so people mm -hmm. just need to keep that in mind like don't worry that oh I, I need to make sure I have exactly what this evaluator wants to see, mm -hmm. to see progress yeah I think that's really tricky because um you know public schools all by grade 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 age grade they go together automatically no matter what and that's just not true for all learners everyone's different so yeah it's it's challenging to focus on progress and our children just getting better where they are at in their own lives versus, you know, what everybody else is saying, oh, this is what normal is. Or, you know, those of us who were public schooled and that's what we went through. So we're trying to retrain our brain to understand what that means, progress. So anything else you want to add to that, Courtney? Uh, I don't think so. I was just thinking about the, uh, the special needs child in this case. Mm -hmm. And, um, I fall back to that definition of progress. There's no place that says what that progress means. It's just they're progressing. And as parents, we know this already, that kids do not progress in incremental stages. Mm -hmm. uh, one year, it could be very little progress. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the next year, mm -hmm. they are just yeah. booming. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so even with a special needs child that may need a lot longer to cover uh, more simple concepts. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. It's important to remember. It's just it's progress. Don't stress yourselves out, mamas. Okay. Next question. So in your this might seem like a silly question, but I think it's something that people wonder: Is this going to be like a friendly thing, or is it going to be like the rigid? you know, I'm going in for inspection, you know, how, how can the parents prepare mentally? Like, what could they expect? Um, let's see who wants to take that first. I don't care. Barb. <laughs> well, 
It did kind of remind me um, when you were talking about the role of the evaluator, one of the things that I didn't mention is that I kind of feel like the evaluator should be a cheerleader to encourage the parents. Because a lot of times parents do come in feeling very um, down, like, you know, that um, they haven't done everything they were supposed to do this year, or everything they wanted to do this year, or, um, you know, it's just hard. And I think that it's helpful if that meeting is a very friendly experience and the evaluator is saying, you're doing a great job, both to the child and to the parent. And, um, and just, you know, encouraging them in all the good things that you see, because it, it's, um, it's nice to be the evaluator because you do get to see all the great things that have happened. And I think sometimes, sometimes parents feel encouraged when they make those portfolios because they're like, oh, wait, we actually did do something. <laughs> um, but sometimes, like I said, they just feel overwhelmed and they're tired because they spent way too long. Like, don't stay up late making your portfolio. I have people that say, oh, it's up till three in the morning doing this oh. portfolio. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So hopefully it's very friendly and, and the evaluator really is kind of a cheerleader to encourage because we all need support as homeschool parents. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Any other, you, other ladies, Courtney or Amy, on um, as I tell, yeah, I tell my families, it's a time of celebration. I am there saying, you did a great job mm -hmm. you know, as a family, and I'm not there to critique, judge, test. Um, I'm there to say, you did great things this year. Yeah. yeah. I, feel the same way. I just try to set their minds at ease. <laughs> The first year, I think, especially the parents come in and they're, they're super nervous and anxious about it. And then once they've been through it once, it's like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. Like, it's just a thing we have to do mm -hmm. and it marks the end of our year. And then we can go out and go for Rita's or whatever afterwards. Lots <laughs> 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 of people go out for ice cream. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So mama's out there or daddies or whoever's watching it. Don't, uh, approach the evaluation with fear and trepidation. It's, it's not a place of, of inspection or, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And my evaluator has always said, man, I just love seeing what you've done and you've done a lot. And my mom helps too. And she said, I love seeing that your mom helps. And so it's just really cool because I don't, I don't think I know a homeschool mom who says, oh, I love everything I'm doing. I'm just doing the best of everything. Like, I don't know a homeschool mom like that. We all are like, I'm missing, messing up on something or I'm, there's a gap somewhere. You know, we're all very concerned because we love our children and we want them to be prepared um, the best that they can be. But the cool thing is to keep in mind that Dee and I have talked about before in Chat with Chat is um, God can work through the gaps and you're not going to mess up his plan for your kids. So just keep moving and the evaluator is not a wall to get over so you can continue on they're a helper like barb said a cheerleader along the way so that's an important distinction in your mind to remember okay so moving on the next one's kind of like a double question uh it says how does an evaluation flow like what does the process look like when someone comes to your house and like so what are your best practices what do you do as you were doing that evaluation. So like Barb talked earlier about what the evaluator's job is, what their role is, but like, how does it look when you guys are actually doing it? So who wants to tackle that first? Do you wanna go ahead, Courtney? Sure. Um, so this year, started last year, I was offering Zoom evaluations as well. 
Um, so the Zoom evaluation looks very different than the in-person evaluation. Mm -hmm. um, typically with the in-person evaluation, I do it out of my home um, because that's just what works for me and my family. Um, so they come in, it's done out of my living room and um, typically the children will show me their work. Um, I ask questions like, what is your favorite book? What was your favorite activity this year? Um, or if I'm, maybe they're showing me an art project and I'll say, this really looks like an amazing project. Can you tell me about it? And it just sparks some conversation. Um, and then with a Zoom evaluation, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, for elementary students, I will tell the parents that they can they have a choice with how they want to show me the work. They can take pictures and email them to me or message me. They can create a Google Docs. I've had some parents create a private Facebook group and it's only the parent and myself that are in this group. And that's how I view the material. Sometimes I view it ahead of time if I have time or if the parent prepared it in enough time. And sometimes it's while I have them on Zoom. Um, some kids, they just hold up their paper to the camera and I mm -hmm. look at it that way. Um, and then I ask questions as well, the same as in person. Um, what their favorite subject was, just gentle conversation. Gentle conversation. That's important because it's not like an interrogation, right? It's not like a quiz. It is not. And I have had students that were very uncomfortable and um, on Zoom. And so they don't sit in front of the camera. They sit next to the next to mom on the floor or on a chair off to the corner. And I still talk to them and try to engage them. And eventually, maybe they'll come into view of the camera. Um, that is okay, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amy, do you want to share what your process looks like? Yeah. So um, in nice weather, I like to actually go to a park and I can schedule a whole bunch of evaluations um, in a row at the park so the kids can run around. The ones that aren't involved directly in the evaluation can run around and play while I quickly meet with the parents and go over my checklist because I just go through and check everything off that is required by law for me to look for. And then just talk briefly with the student, do the, my little interview. So it could be pretty quick. That way I can run through quite a few um, evaluations in a short period of time. That way, especially for parents who are doing, you know, four or five kids, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to do that and not have um, they're running all through my house or whatever. So yeah, I am doing them in person at my house as well. Um, if people are comfortable doing that and then, um, offering virtual evaluations and I'm, I'm still learning what that's going to look like. Cause I haven't done this before. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm learning from these ladies too. You know? <laughs> <As I go. laughs> so. Okay. Barb. Um, so so I use Sign Up Genius to have people sign up for their evaluations, and I just have 15-minute time slots that they sign up for. So this year, I have six different sign-ups because I have um, three for virtual. I just do them by month, April, May, June, and three for in-person. And um, so, so the virtual ones will all be on Zoom this year because Sign Up Genius is working with Zoom, so that's kind of mm -hmm. nice. And um, so anyway, um, they're... I'm just asking people 
to either hold things up to the camera or share their screen with me to show me their samples. They don't need to send them to me ahead of time. Um, the only thing that's a little bit different is like with students who are graduating and want to use the diploma that comes from the Pennsylvania Department of Education for homeschoolers, they need to show me a transcript. So um, just because I need to make sure that they've done the 15 credits that are required for that diploma. And, um, and then other than that, um, I'm, I do them at my house. And so um, people come at their time to my house and uh, they can, I have, I actually have an addition on my house. So that it has its own door and everything. So they can just come in there. Um, and then I also am planning to do them in my front yard at a picnic table. And then I have a back patio too. So I'll also have that option. So people are just supposed to let me know, like in the comments, you know, if they have a preference as to where to do it. Um, and I just, you know, they show me their portfolio if they're there in person and I look through that. And um, I usually do ask the child their favorite subject and their favorite book. And that's my interview. Uh, some kids like to talk and want to tell you about their portfolio. <laughs> don't want to say anything. And so, so that's my way to at least do some sort of interview without hopefully being too scary. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so I try to schedule a 15 minutes piece. And, you know, I was saying earlier when we were talking that if you have like four children, then that's an hour right there, which is usually plenty of time. So, um, and then also like if people have other questions, then they know that they can call me, email me or, um, or, come to a meeting that the support group is having or watch a video that I have on YouTube or something like that as well. Cause I know if 15 minutes is a short time. So there isn't time to have a lot of chit chat and, you know, answer a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody has their, their different process. You know, it looks a little bit different here for everybody. And so when you're hunting for an evaluator, it is important to talk to them, ask them questions. They're, they're not going to be upset if you ask them questions that you know what would you like us to bring or what's this going to look like or what should I expect how long is it going to be because um, everybody handles it differently uh, I think this year with having so many homeschoolers I think the evaluations even for people who might have had longer evaluations might shrink a little because there's I don't I I guess there's enough evaluators for the number of homeschoolers out there but I don't know Amy's going ah oh. so uh yeah it might be um shorter evaluations this year just because of that reason. Uh, so it's not, again, it's not a scary process and you shouldn't ever feel uh, like put on the spot. Like you know, your kids shouldn't feel put on the spot or interrogated or, um, you know, they're, your evaluator's not there to quiz you to make sure you know, you know, what happened in the year 1776. You know, it's, it's not stuff like that. Uh, it's like a, a general interview. So that can put your heart at ease, hopefully. Uh, so we are going to move on to the next question. We have two more questions. Uh, the next one is, what do you think are best practices for families who are coming to you for an evaluation? So like, how can they prepare? And keep in mind um, that this could be different from evaluator to evaluator, but do you ladies have any like general suggestions? I mean, pretty much any evaluator is gonna want you to be prepared in this way. And I think you've touched on it mostly with these other questions, but maybe briefly share a thought there. And if, if who wants to tackle it and then if anything else needs added to it, we can do that. Does anyone I can go? Go ahead, Amy. Um, I provide a um, portfolio guide for 
potential clients. So I send that out to everybody who is scheduling an evaluation with me just so that they kind of know what needs to be included in the portfolio. Um, and that's just taken directly from the law, what the law requires. So just have a checklist, like 180 days, you know, and then your standardized tests, if it applies for the grade level that your child's in. Um, and then, you know, the, the different subject areas and stuff like that. So I just have a checklist so they know, like they can go through as they're putting their portfolio together or finding samples and check off those things themselves. And then when I do the portfolio or I, when I do the evaluation, then I just go through and check that off again, just to, for my own reference. Um, what was the, what was the original question? How do I? Um, well, I just says, what do you think are best practices for families who are coming to you for an evaluation? Like how should they prepare? What's, yeah. um, so I know our families, they, they just want to know what to bring. So that's why I provide the, provide the portfolio guide. Um, and then, yeah, just, just bring a good attitude and good bring, you know, bring your, bring your kid with you, obviously <laughs> being evaluated, right? it's helpful. And then just want to, you know, just share what you're doing in your homeschool. Cause I like, I personally like to learn what everybody else is doing. Like sometimes I get ideas from my families. I interview. So, um, yeah, just, and just understand that it's not, we're not, you're not grilling you or approving you as a homeschool parent. Like, so don't be afraid of us. We're here on, we're on your side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're still here think, to serve you. So, yeah. yeah. That's important to know. That's important to know. Anything else, uh, Barbara Courtney, you think might be helpful there? Or does that pretty much cover it? Um, I, it pretty much covers it. The only thing that um, I was thinking for high schoolers. Um, now, I probably do things a little differently with the high school level just because of the nature of my families. Um, the majority of my families do use a diploma program. Um, so, um, and I do offer keeping a transcript for all of my families. I'm visual. It helps me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do it if a family doesn't want me to do that, but it is something that I offer to my families and most of them do want that. So for a family that has high school students to think through the extra things that the kids do, that can also be credits. The courses that they do, that's easy. But if they are doing... Um, teaching themselves ukulele using YouTube, you know, documenting that time um, is helpful. So that way during the evaluation, I don't have to pull it out of the mm. parent and the student. Mm -hmm. They're That's already helpful. thinking along that way. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good thoughts. Anything else, Barb? We cover it. I don't think so. I think that pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Okay. So um, the last question I have here for today is what do you supply the family after the evaluation is done? So they came, they brought their portfolio and whatever products they wanted to show you. And you had your interviews and chats and yay, it's all done. What happens at the end? So Barb, do you want to do that first? Sure. <laughs> Um, so I give them a form. That's what I was reading off of in the beginning that uh, I have it titled Evaluation of Home Educational Progress. And it's dated so that the school district will know when it took place. Um, I address mine to the specific superintendent of the school district because that's the person that's in charge of homeschoolers. Um, I, have, uh, I have information about my credentials in there just because I've gotten too many calls asking about that. 
so um so i have the the tim's website where they can go and look and see that i'm certified and my my certificate happens to be active as well um so so anyway they can see all that i also have my ppid on there i know some people say you shouldn't put it on there because not everybody needs to have it um in order to do evaluations like if you ginger were approved by a school district mm -hmm. you have to have that obviously uh, but again, it just makes it easier for me not to have to worry about, you know, people wondering about my credentials. So mm -hmm. I also put, so I have my checklist of those things that I was reading through that um, are required as far as the law is concerned. And I also put the child's name actually in the letter or the form, whatever you want to call it, um, so that they have that as well. And then um, it's the parent's responsibility. So I either give that to them if they're there in person. I check everything off and sign it. Um, or if they're doing it online, I send it as a PDF like that same day, but sometime later, depending on like how many evaluations I'm doing in a row. So when I have a chance, I do that. And then that way they can print it out and take it. Or I know some schools even let you email things to them. Um, so anyway, but the thing that I suggest is that they also, if they're gonna keep homeschooling, but they turn in their affidavit and objectives for the next year, whatever information they're turning in, um, at the same time that they turn in their evaluation letter, because that needs to be in by June 30th. The other materials, the affidavit and the objectives don't have to be until August 1st, but August 1st feels like the middle of the summer to me. And so <laughs> it's hard to remember at that point oh no, I need to get this stuff into the school district for next year. So I think it's easier if you just turn it all in at the same time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just mail it. I usually say do that return receipt requested so that you can know at least that they received it. Um, and you have something to say, you know, if they call you and say, oh, you didn't turn this in. Well, I actually have this receipt because I did. And sometimes they'll even go look for it if that happens. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so that's pretty much it. The important thing to remember is that it's the parent's responsibility to turn in that form that the evaluator gives them. Yeah, yeah. So you want to make copies of everything, your affidavit, your objectives, your your evaluation. And I do the same thing. I take everything in by the end of June, one trip to the school, done. Don't have to come back for another year. So uh, but just make sure you have copies of everything in your files at home, uh, just to make sure that you know that you sent it in. And I, myself, might even write the date in the corner that I dropped it off so that, um, you know, I know when things happened. Does any of you ladies want to share anything different there? Does it sound pretty much like what Barb does with your form? Kind of check things off and... I do the same thing Barb does almost exactly. So, um, but I just wanted to reiterate, yes, make copies, get a receipt. If you can drop it off in person, that's better because then you have direct contact with somebody and they can give you a receipt because <laughs> our school district actually lost my paperwork. And so I was trying to get my son tested for something at the school district and they were like, we have no record of you. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have proof. So <laughs> I was really glad I did make those copies and get a receipt for my certified letter because because of COVID everything, like, there was nobody in the office. So they said, just mail it in. But then for some reason, it must've gotten misplaced somewhere in during the summer. And so they had no record of my, my own paperwork. So I live and learn, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Uh, Courtney, anything else to add or is that um, 
Sometimes at the uh, evaluation, if it is a um, student that has an IEP, uh, if the parent gives me the objectives for the next year at that time, then I will mm -hmm. send them home a lot uh, with the approval letter as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's something we didn't talk about much today. Uh, Courtney is an evaluator who is able to sign off on the IEP, object the objectives for a child with an IEP. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with what that means. Um, so the when we were discussing things before we got started, we were talking about uh, evaluations for children who have IEPs. And a lot of people wonder, is, is it the same process? Does it look different? So do you want to share any thoughts on that, Courtney? Sure. So um, if your child has an IEP, um, your objectives need to be approved by a special education evaluator or a school psychologist. Um, after that is done, the evaluation process looks exactly the same as any other student. And a, an evaluator that is not special education certified or school psychologist can do the evaluation. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's important to know. You don't need, like any evaluator can evaluate your child if, you, if your child has an IEP. That's okay. It's the signing off of the objectives um, that needs someone with a special education um, degree. What is it? Degree? And I don't want to say that wrong. I'm, wrong. I'm certified in special. Certif education. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. So um, it's the objectives part at the beginning of the school year. So the evaluation can be done by anyone. And actually the, the evaluation looks the same. So that's important for you guys all to know what, where things start to get different maybe is testing. Cause you can ask for untimed. You can ask for certain things uh, to help your, your child through the testing process um, and maybe even different um what is the word I want? It starts with a C. Accommodations? <laughs> yes, accommodation had a C in it. Accommodations <laughs> uh, for testing, but that's not the topic of our, our show at the moment. So, um, so evaluations, just the same. So rest at ease, mamas. Uh, so I think that pretty much wraps us up for- Can I mention one more thing? I yes, I wanted to so ask if you girls had anything else to say. Well, with the, what do you supply for the evaluation once it's done? Um, yeah. If parents have a graduating senior, I ask them to bring the diploma from the PDE if they yeah. want that. So, um, so they should print it out because a lot of times they want to print it out on nicer paper or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I ask them to bring that and then I sign it at the evaluation after I've looked at the transcript just to make sure that they have all the credits that they need for that. But, um, but that is something that they bring and then I just send it home with them right away. Okay. I sign it right there. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't print that out myself. I have them bring it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what yeah. we did last year. Yeah, I had it printed out at the UPS store or something on nice cardstock or something and then took it along and yeah. So yes, yeah, so if you're issuing your own PDE diploma, take that along to your evaluation for your senior and that'll all be wrapped up in one nice little package and done. Yay. So I did want to mention, I didn't mention it before, Everyone should read the homeschool law. We all go to groups here and groups there and my friend this and co-op that and whatever and get what everybody else says the law says. Go read it. And it's actually not too hard to read. I know I don't like legalese, but we have it out on homeschoolpennsylvania.org, the law in its entirety, and you can just read it straight through. There's actually a page out there too on becoming an evaluator. And there's another page on evaluators, evaluations. So you can go out, read what's out there. We have videos out there to explain some of the things. Um, 
And keep in mind too, mamas out there and supervisors, the law is general. The, the law is general. If you read it and see what's in there, you will be like, oh, like it doesn't say biology and chemistry. It doesn't say, you know, grade levels. It doesn't say it's really general. So there is a lot of flexibility in our homeschool law. So keep that in mind. And that applies as you're going to see your evaluator too. They're not looking for second grade reading or whatever, you know, that's not there. So um, rest assured, it's really great. There's a lot of freedom in that. So um, let's see. Oh, in the law itself, like there's, there's checklists for what you need to do um, for the secondary kids, you know, what they need to cover at a certain time. It's all in the law. So if you're wondering what your children need to have when it's in there and it's it's so that's a different episode that I've talked about many times before. So if you're looking for uh, information on any of the law stuff, we've done many videos on this web page in the video repository, go check it out. There's one on evaluators, there's one on the law, lots of information for you to watch and listen to. And don't forget our little contest. I haven't seen any comments. I didn't even look but we're doing our little contest here on you get to win a one-year ultimate membership to schoolhouseteachers.com. The first person to tell me what the deadline is for handing in your evaluation. Uh, if the first person to tell me the right answer gets this and I will be in touch with you. So hopefully someone has done that and we have a winner. And ladies, I am so glad you came on with us that it was really great to have you. And I think we're gonna do it again next week, right? At least, at least not sure that Amy can get on, but I think Courtney and Barb, we'll see what we can do. And we're gonna touch on some frequently asked questions that our evaluator friends here get and we've been seeing on Facebook. So we will talk a little bit more next week. Okay, thank you ladies. I'm so glad you were here with us and we'll be back next Wednesday at one. And that's a wrap, bye.